Christ can change your past. He died on the cross so that all the sins you've ever committed, all the things you've ever done wrong, are forgiven. You were dead. He breathed into your lungs the breath of eternal life and he resurrected you. It is by grace. Now, now, right now, you confess and believe. God said you were saved. Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. But today, it's tres. Yes. This is Matt Hensley, the pastor of May Hill Baptist in May Hill, New Mexico, and managing editor of Lifeway Pastors. And I'm joined, as always, by Kyle Non-Alcoholic Beerman, pastor of First Alamogordo and the director of Replanter Development for the North American Mission Board. Right. But Kyle... We have now set a record yes. on this episode. That's we right. had people one time That's right. on the episode, then they usually wise up and they never come That's back. Right. Uh, we have occasionally had, I think, two or three people yeah. that have been on twice. See, we have we have Ken Hempel, we have Dennis Garcia, we have John Dowling, and Dusty Marshall, who's been on twice. twice. And I think that's all of our repeat. But you see, I, 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 I'm looking across this fire. Mm -hmm. uh, it is about negative 1,000 degrees <laughs> here in Albuquerque. It, it's and chilly. I am looking at this guy with a curly-cued uh, mustache. And I must ask you a question. <laughs> what is your name and why are you on here for the third time? Uh, I'm Dusty Marshall. I'm the pastor at New Life Baptist Fellowship in Alamogordo. And I'm here on the third time because Kyle drug me to the New, uh, New Mexico Evangelism Conference uh, against my will. Is yeah, something saying. like that. Yeah, completely against my will. And you are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. So, so I mean, you, you got to spend the, the, the days with me. I mean, yeah. what a, yeah, what a oh, wonderful yeah. blessing. That was fantastic. Yeah, yeah your yeah. driving's amazing. <laughs> so, so if you hear some cracking occasionally. <laughs> we uh, we, we are... have doused it with gasoline. <laughs> and uh, this this flame is probably so, reaching you, Mars right now. You know, so we, we like to joke that this is a dumpster fire. In this case, there is a literal fire. That that is, um, I guess you could say, perilously close to uh, where we are recording. It is <laughs> also really close to your computer. Uh, he's uh, not wrong, but uh, it's fine. you know it, it's good. But so, Dusty, the the last time you were on the show, uh, I was out of town, I believe, and, and right. you filled in uh, for for me, and uh, and so you've now been at New Life uh, Baptist for. Uh, Two months, yeah, a little, take. A little over two months. And and we were talking. This was news to to me of your Southern Baptist Church. Fine. You really don't have a majority uh, of Southern Baptists in there. You've got a kind of uh, eclectic mix of, of folks there uh, from yeah. a few different backgrounds and so forth. And uh, and then y'all have come in, and uh, and so tell us, I guess, a two month update on <laughs> what what God's up to. Well, uh, you know, when I started there, we had six people. And like you said, of the six people, uh, once uh, once they, they hired me and voted yes, it became me and our one soul deacon who's 92 years old as the only Southern Baptist with a Southern Baptist background in the church. Uh, so we've had, we have everybody from, from Lutheran backgrounds to Catholic to Methodist to non-denominational all sitting in, in the congregation. And with that, this whole time, within two months, we've effectively doubled how many people have been showing up to service yeah. uh, that's mainly because my in-laws have decided that they would join the church but we, we're running about 12 to, to 14 now and we're 
trying to figure out how to do music and how to reach into our community and everybody's going we have to do something we understand that yeah. that we can no longer stay the way we are and we, we need to get out into the community somehow and, and let's not miss this you've doubled in two months that's right we've doubled in two it, months it's taken me four years to double well, so mean. so there you go man you are you are on track <laughs> just get your in-laws to come to church that's, and join your fun. Yeah, yeah there you go that's all <laughs> that, that's what's always nice we we sell uh, the the Hensley family. It's not just as Matt Hensley coming. I can guarantee you that we will increase your attendance by six. Yeah. Well, well, you added ten percent to the population of Mayhill when <laughs> you moved there with your true. with your family. Of uh, but but Dusty, one of the things uh, that's probably an interesting component in a a church that size is preaching. Um, yes. You know, it's you don't. There there's times where you know Kyle, you and I preach to similar size. Uh, congregations um, there's there's Sundays that sometimes it's kind of difficult to get your get up and go when yeah. when it's kind of low in attendance and so forth so talk to us about just the the struggles of preaching in a, a congregation of, of that size what how is it different from maybe how you were trained at Southwestern or just kind of talk us through preaching in a setting like that well in a setting like that it's 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 almost it's daunting it's it's intimidating you have only six people you know sitting in front of you and now you only have 12 people sitting in front of you and there's something unique about having you know 30 40 people or more in front of you for me it's easier to not get as nervous whenever i'm trying to speak in front of people with that many people there uh, so that was kind of the first thing i had to to get over but then after that it was really assessing where the congregation was at and and what in scripture really reached to their state and what was going on and yeah. at that point it was just making a decision of you know where do I start and so the decision for me was we need to start a sermon series and we should probably go back to the basics of what do we believe why do we believe what we believe you know and so we've been doing an entire sermon series for the book of John that which will probably carry us probably almost to the end of the year yeah. just going through the entire book of John and, and establishing that that Jesus is man and God at the same time and, and what he's done and uh, this Sunday, uh, I'll be going through Jesus with the Samaritan woman and, and at the well and talking to her. And that's things that we've got conversations already started from people going, well, I didn't know that meant this and I didn't know that meant that. And so I'm also realizing, you know, being at Southwestern, you know, you kind of you, you learn certain words. And, and uh, you know, we had the conversation a little bit earlier, you know, when you start talking uh, propitiation of something, you know, and, and, and atonement and all these things, I've had to learn that I can't. I can't talk over the people, right. but I, I, can, I need to talk to the people. And any, anybody who understands the big words will easily understand this, the simplicities of the message of God at yeah. the same time. So I've got to treat it with, with kid gloves and make sure I'm not losing anybody at the same time while I'm yeah. preaching. And, and let's talk just a bit about the dynamic of preaching to six or eight people. Because I I had that experience uh, back in October. I filled in at my in-laws church, and there were there, – there were with – with my family, maybe 10 in the room. And, I, and I'm used to preaching to 75, 80 people. Um, 10 people in the room terrified me. Like, and so, because I think we, we, we've talked a little bit before, um, congregations have personalities, right? And so, I mean, whether it's you just get familiar with the, the folks that you see on a week-by-week basis, or, or even you just get used to kind of preaching to... A sea of faces out there. Um, suddenly, you're. If you have ten sets of eyeballs that are staring back at you, I, I don't know. I, and I'm not a nervous speaker. But like I said, that terrified me. To, and it didn't hit me until I stood up in the pulpit and looked out there, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, 
this is a completely different field than anything I'm used to. Well, so, yeah, I've, I've told people and, and taught people because I've done public speaking for a long, long time, and not just in the context of church. And I've coached it on on a collegiate level for debate teams and things like that. That you, you have a sea of faces, right. right? And so the more faces that are out there, it really does become like a sea, and, and you're not necessarily always making eye contact with everybody. Yeah. And if you have a larger congregation, you know, you might have four or five people that you know well or are comfortable with that you can look them directly in the eyes while you're right. preaching always, and move on to the next person. I always feel really bad about that because, like, <laughs> I, I am a very nervous speaker, and, and I kind of just scan back right. and, and forth. But what ends up happening is it's like this ping pong to there's Dusty. Yeah. And then I stare Dusty for a second and I make, make a comment, yeah. and then, oh, there's there's Kyle. And it's just kind of well, back and forth. Well, well, that's, yeah, it's, but it's, but it's also, you know, in a, in a room of 75 or 80 people, if if one person dozes off, uh, unless they're just like absolutely snoring, like that's not going to disrupt the whole feel of the service. Sure. You know, and, and especially in a, unless you walk down to them. Right. And, 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 and especially like, so our sanctuary, which full would seat around 500 people. Um, like there's room for people to spread out. And in, in, in a sanctuary that's the, like your church has, where it is one big room essentially. Yeah. If there's six people there and somebody dozes off, like that's going to be noticeable. Yeah, every, right? everybody knows. Uh, <laughs> you know, and you have those conversations. Uh, when I when I was pastoring another church in, in Hobbs, you know, we had that happen a few times. We we had uh, some individuals that they would they would fall asleep in the middle of the sermon, and every time, and I don't don't take it personally, pastor. They're just, you know, they're they're in their eighties and they're in their nineties, yeah. or, or he's completely a hundred percent deaf, so he can't hear what you're saying anyways. It's okay. Have, uh, have you ever had a snorer in your yes. in, in your preaching? Yes, so, I've, had, I've definitely had a snorer. So we we. <laughs> We have, uh, there, there's been two things that are somewhat distracting uh, to me. At, at this church, it hasn't happened, but I think I've said it on the pod before. At last church, we had somebody that clipped their nails during the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst. I'll take snoring every day and twice on Sunday I, over that. How does, how does that happen? Like you just show up one day like, and you're like, I decided I'm going to go to church and do hygiene. Yes, yes. but it, it was every week, and it was the same person. But, but here I've got one that looks... Like they're asleep, and and they've told you know I I look like it, but I I'm focusing and and to their credit they can repeat just about everything wow. that I said yeah. in that sermon and so it, it looks like and they're they're some of the ones that I usually land on when I'm kind of scanning the crowd a bit and so it's like uh, he's no he's not asleep <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so 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 yeah that yeah. that would be an interesting uh, dynamic for for sure. But uh, you you touched on something that's obviously important to preaching, and that is uh, the scripture, uh, explaining it. We we come from uh, Southwestern, of course. They pushed you know text driven preaching, preaching yep. substance style, all the structure of the text. Uh, you know, basically the text is in the driving seat, not ultimately what we want to do. Right. And uh, we've all heard um, multiple sermons. You know, just the last couple of days here, uh, we've certainly over the course of our lives and ministry time you know heard multiple sermons and so forth uh share share with us just in a a practical sense uh with your folks that you're there how how can you preach in such a way that brings a lofty i mean you're going to be in john so there's going to be some lofty lofty things that you're going to tackle yeah how are you going to bring that down to the let's just say the catholic or or the Methodist or the Lutheran that's that's there that may not know the same vernacular that we do, sure. Uh, without maybe losing in, uh, you know, your your deacon that you talked yeah. about. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, you know, I, I think when you're dealing with the text, 
once again, you know, as, as we were training, we talked in texture and preaching. We, we let the text speak for itself. But I think you can do that without making it overcomplicated yeah. as well. You know, you don't have to use all the high and lofty words that, that all of us may have learned in an academic setting. You know, you can explain yeah. when you get to John 1 1. Kyle, an academic setting is like <laughs> Southwestern Theological uh, Seminary, uh, the, uh, the, the crown jewel of the Southern Baptist yeah. um, okay. seminaries. You. And uh, if y'all are interested, Southwestern uh, is going and blowing, doing a wonderful. Uh, work there. We got to hear from Adam Greenway yeah. at the Evangelism Conference and just did a wonderful, wonderful job. But we encourage you to visit swibbits.edu after the show to find out more uh, about Southwestern and what they're up to. And so, so do, I, I just wanted to make sure when you said academic, I didn't want to so, leave. Kyle is, that, is that where you go to learn words like transubstantiation? <laughs> this, and, is, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Parliamentary procedure. That and, is it. Okay. So now, now, now Kyle's with us. So, so go on. All right. I'm, I'm glad we drew Kyle in. That's good. That's good. Uh, but that's that's the key, right? So, like when you're dealing with the, the, the like John one one, you know, in the beginning God created. You know, in the beginning the word uh, yeah. the word was with God. The word was God. And so, in that context, you you need to stop for a minute. And, and just simply explain that. Yeah. And so I, I try to do an overview of exactly what we're about to, you know, go over. What what pieces of text we're gonna gonna be talking about. What's gonna be covered. What's happening. Give the entire background. And so I'll stop right at one one and go. This is what we're talking about now. What's the word? And and I have to pose a question to get them to think. Yeah. Okay, what are we doing? And then we get down to where John eventually says the word became flesh, and then he reveals the the word is Jesus Christ. So. I, I lay that right out in front to begin with, and, and that puts everybody in a state of, okay, I understand what we're talking about. How did we get there? How does all this flow? And then you literally just start going with the text, dealing with it piece by piece, um, and simply having a conversation is, is kind of, put it in, in a very simplistic term, kind of like we're talking now. If I can't explain it in a simple fashion, then I probably don't understand it enough to really explain it in a complicated one either. Yeah. And... So, we, we talked a little bit about the dynamics of, of preaching to um, to a small group. Let's talk just for a minute about the the value and the dynamics of preaching to more or less the same people every week. Mm-hmm. So, we, we live in a world now where more than likely you are not going to be the best preacher that your people have ever heard. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just, <laughs> and, I'm just kidding. And, I'm just and, kidding. Or, or you're... you're we're, we're certainly not the best preachers that are available out there. Right? Again, no. I disagree. No. <laughs> um, and, and, and you know, what I mean by that is, I mean, we, we have access now to... You can um, listen to, the to greatest, anybody. Right, to the right? greatest we preacher, can just, anybody living or dead. Anybody that we have can go listen right. to Adrian Rogers on right. Sunday and get a far better sermon than Kyle Non-Alcohol-Beerman or Matt Hensley right. or Dusty Marshall. And, so. and some of us will even have, you know, folks in our churches that will be listening to... Um, uh, popular motivational speakers posing as preachers on yep. Sunday mornings, right? Maybe even before they come to church. Mm-hmm. So so what's the value of preaching in our local churches right now? One, Adrian Rogers is not going to come and visit you in the hospital. I certainly For a hope couple not. of reasons. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> and then number two, he wouldn't Anyway, in right. our, our situation, you know, right. uh, listening to, to Steve Gaines. I love Steve right. Gaines. Love listening to him preach. When I have a problem, Steve isn't going to be the one that's on the other end of the phone to right. vent to or, or to have him come over and pray with my kids, that kind of deal. So the fact that 
Dusty is able to have a unique, um, intimate bond with six people in his, his church. I know it's, it's grown, but six, seven, eight people in his church, that's going to continue to grow. Yeah. That they, Dusty can't fake it. Right. You know, sometimes pastors of a church of, of a thousand or so, it's it's perhaps easier because they they can connect well with their staff. But for the most part, there's no way they're connecting one on one with a thousand members right. of their, their right. church. Right. But you're you're there's no way you can fake it. Our, yeah. our churches are still uh, the size where that's still important for for right. us. Yeah. That if we get up there and, and all it is is just this intellectual pursuit of a, a sermon or whatever it might be, and then we have no relation with those people during the, the week, that's where that dynamic comes in right. where I'm preaching to, to them or with them really more at, and and then we're living it out during the, the week, right. and we're talking about it more during the week. Right. And so it's not just this one event that's happening on Sunday it's something that we're we're all coming together, hearing this word together on Sunday, and then talking about it over the week, and, and yeah. visiting people in their home, and, and being at the hospital or whatever. Hey, you know, I, I missed you Sunday. Um, you know, Sunday we we talked about this and, and kind of giving them a, a quick little summary yeah. of what they they missed, and uh, and that's also of course the value of of going through series through a book is when somebody misses it, you know, for the most part. They can go over and look over John one one or right. whatever and be like, okay, that's right. what he covered last week, so I'm, I'm kind of caught up, yep. even if I didn't get a chance to hear it. Um, and so that's the value I think of steady exposition with the same group of people right. because I've preached as a guest in churches, and and it's a completely different dynamic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and it it borders on it it borders on at times. Almost performance because I have no relationship with those people, right? Uh, and unless I know that church or whatever, but for the most part, if I'm just coming in as a guest, I have no bond whatsoever. Right. And so, in that situation, before the service and after the service, I am trying to meet as many people as possible, so there is some kind of connection. Adam Greenway, you know, did a great job of kind of joking about some of the. Uh, uh, the the sides of New Mexico and, mm-hmm. and you know all of the guys that, that spoke really brought some of that in to kind of connect with them. Yeah. But when you are a stranger, there isn't that connection. When you're with them, you you can't hide away from it. No, you know they they know if you're a fraud, right? Um, or or they know if you're living out what you've been preaching. So well, you build a consistency that way too, right? You know, and, and a lot of the complaints that I've always heard just being a minister. You're, or you know, sitting in the churches and other people is well. What's the practical application of what's being said on Sunday mornings? And you know, for us, like you said, we're, we're living that with them throughout the week, and we get to physically show them what the practical application is yeah. of what we're right. trying to teach them. Right. And and that's been really noticeable with with Second Timothy. You made fun of me about agitizing, uh, agitizing, Ad- agitizing the gospel. That, the gospel <laughs> with all of my titles because all of them have the gospel in it or whatever. Well. We, we have to, it's going to be very noticeable if we're going all the way through Second Timothy with this giant push to protect and pass on this beautiful gospel right. and then not pass it on. Right. So, yeah. you know, I, so, so, so what you're saying is that gospel application happens in the context of gospel preaching and gospel relationships. That's what you're saying. 
Yes, Kyle. <laughs> um, Is that so in your dissertation or something? <laughs> I mean, you seem really proud of that little line. Listen, I, I like to... Uh, I, so the I, next I think, book coming out. I, I think adjectivizing the, the gospel is completely legitimate. Okay, um, so why did you complain so about it? Just because I wanted to give you okay, a hard time. Well, thank all. you. That's, so, I deserve it. So I feel like sometimes we, we put so much emphasis on the preaching event, if we want to call it that. And, yeah. and I don't mean... I don't mean the preparation. I don't even really mean explaining the text, but I feel like just culturally within evangelicalism, we put so much emphasis on the preaching performance, right? So much emphasis on that speaking and, and, and being a polished speaker. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and here's the thing. I, I'm not convinced how important that is. I mean, if you have like some, you know, weird tick or, you know, something like that, like it's important that you learn how to um, effectively explain the text. You don't want to be a distraction. Right. Yeah. But, but our job is not to be motivational speakers primarily. It's to, it's to proclaim the text. And, and I mean, personally, like I would much rather somebody walk away from a sermon going, wow, look at, look at how great God's word is. Look at how great God is rather than. Wow, what a phenomenal speaker! Yeah. Right, well, you know, I mean, isn't that what we were hoping for? You know, we don't want to right. leave a legacy behind that gets to say, you know, all these things happen because of Matt right. Hensley or and Kyle Bierman or Dusty Marshall. We we want to leave a legacy behind that people right. goes, look what look what God did, look yeah. who Jesus Christ. And, is. Well, and, and, and to that, be fair, I don't think I've ever met a preacher who would who would verbalize that. But but we've created this culture that that certainly prioritizes that. And and I think if we're honest, as pastors, we are upfront alone for roughly half of the worship time yeah. right so yeah. I mean just from a human standpoint that can begin to feed an ego man yeah. look at how important I am right and so I think you know like you said the um, preaching through books of the Bible that that forces us in, in a way to not be creative and, and not not become cute in our sermon titles and, and all that I'll tell you another thing it does is is it forces you out of just the ability to tee off of what you're great at. Right. You know, yeah. like I, I can go in and, and find some phenomenal passages of, of Ephesians or Colossians or whatever and just absolutely tee off in in a powerful, powerful yep. exposition and so forth. But then when you come to a text like, you know, the the distributing, you know, for, for the widows or whatever, <laughs> well, we still have to tackle it because my people know that that text is coming. Right. But that's not going to be one that I just get to wow them yeah. with my oratory skills. Yeah. So that's where we really dig in into the text and say this is this is how we study the word. Yeah, yeah. typically when you're preaching an, an expositional series through a book, you can't say, you know, I'm really not comfortable preaching this text this morning, so we're just going to skip, skip it. it yeah. um, we're just not going to address this part of God's word. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this yeah. I'm a big fan of, of, of going preaching through books because it holds you accountable yeah, as absolutely. well. You know, I love it. It, like it forces I, you to do those things. We've, we've got a guy that uh, that has been such an encouragement to me, but, but occasionally it adds a little pressure. On, on like a Sunday where it is one that's great you know we we've tackled a fun text or whatever and then he just kind of grabs my my arm and says I'm interested to see how you handle next week and I haven't really <laughs> yeah, even looked ahead yeah. and then I look ahead and I'm like oh, oh no <laughs> <laughs> well and and so so two sides of that coin right so for one um, it it holds us accountable but for two it takes the pressure off in a lot yeah. of ways too because that means on in a, if it's a busy week and it's Thursday and I haven't really had a chance to, to sit down and study the text. Kyle, let's be honest. I, it's Saturday well, for you. No. 
Listen, I've never started my sermon. <laughs> I have finished my sermon on Saturdays. I've never started my sermon. But I mean, has it, it ever it, crossed past midnight on Saturday? Uh, <laughs> not in not in recent memory. Okay. Not, so not not that I can recall. Okay, I was um, just curious. A couple of times, ten o'clock Saturday night, where I'm like finishing the PowerPoint and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to so, say anything yeah. about that one. I'm so, just going to stay quiet over here. <laughs> but but but. If, if you have one of those weeks where life just happens, right? So whether you're out of town, kind of like we are at the evangelism conference this week, or, you know, you have you have a week where there's hospital visits and all that kind of stuff, unless you're Matt who gets up at 2.30, which <laughs> I don't know anyone else who's Matt, and, and I praise the Lord for that. Um, but um, that means if, if it's Thursday and I'm just now beginning to, to study my text, a big part of the work is already done because I know what I'm going to yeah. preach. There's not the, oh, man, I got to... I've got to play Bible roulette to figure out what on earth we're going to preach Sunday morning. You know, it's, it, it's already there. Yeah. It's already determined. And especially if you're in, if you're like going through a book of the Bible, a lot of your work is already done because you've preached up to that point. Yeah. So you know, what's come before, you know, if so, so like as I'm preaching through Mark, like, like I know so far we, we've been introduced to John the Baptist and then we, we just saw Sunday morning, we saw Jesus's baptism and his temptation in the desert and the beginning of his ministry. So right there, I, I know that whatever is going to come after that, I, I've already done the work up to there. Yeah. And, and so much of that work is already done. And, and hopefully if, if our people, even though they're probably not going to remember nearly as much about our sermon last week as we wish they would, um, with just a little bit of reminder last week this is where we were this yep. is where we talked about if you missed it this is where we were and and so much of that prep work is done ahead of time in, in and having, having the text so. kind of lined out you have a main idea right already set yeah. because that text is there now on the flip side and, and not all topical preaching is like this but but often you've got your idea and then you're right fitting the text into oh, yeah. what you're trying to teach yeah. the topic you're trying to drive home and the fact that it's already set for you, for the most part, if if the week has gotten away from you, and and it's you know completely out of your hands, you've been gone, yeah. family sick, bunch of people in the hospital, all that kind of stuff. At, at at the very least, you can get an outline pretty quick. You've got the main idea, yep. and and we we would know that text well enough to be able to kind of walk through it with our folks, and uh, and still have a, a a Sunday faithful exposition right. that you're going to have. It may not be as right. polished as you might like, right. but you can still do it. And, uh, and, and another thing that kind of goes with this is just a long, steady faithfulness. Even yeah. if, you know, a, a year from now, Dusty, you you have 10 or, or 12 at, at your church, you're, you're no more or less faithful than, than Kyle that has gone from 30 or 40 to, right. to now, you know, almost a hundred after four years, you know, right. we, our, our call is just to be faithful yeah. to preach the word. God's going to handle all of that other stuff. And, and I shared with our folks and, and put it on social media, the story of the pastor that right before the service, uh, he's got a deacon or an elder. I don't remember exactly, but comes up to him. It's like, you know, what's, what's going on? You know, we've had an entire year and nobody's joined the church. Nobody's been baptized. Nobody's gotten saved except this one little kid. And uh, and so he he's an older, ready to just quit. He's he's been so dejected by this and so hurt by this. Like he knew all of that. We we know yeah. how long it's been yeah. since somebody has has accepted Christ or, or something in our preaching. I mean that's just something we we usually think about. 
Uh, but to be reminded of it right before you preach has <laughs> got to be pretty heavy. So he's preaching the entire sermon ready to quit. After the service, this little boy, and it happened to be the one that he had led to the Lord earlier that year, comes up to him after and said, you know, hey, um, do you think I could be a preacher? And, and so he begins kind of, you know, talking and basically calling out the call with this boy. And that ends up being Robert Moffat. And so years later, of course, he doesn't know that. And, right. and I don't know the, the, the story and the details of whether that pastor ever knows, knew mm. that this guy ended up being Robert. But one of the neat things about that is he now comes back, is invited into the Queen's residence, invited into nobles' houses because he has transformed Africa with his missions. Uh, David Livingston, of course, is, is now related to him. And, and in fact, today, his descendants are still in Africa as missionaries. Wow. From this one little pastor that's ready to quit, yeah. Yeah. and had he quit too soon, I mean, we can we can kind of deduce what may be different yeah. In, yeah. in Africa yeah. or or now what we have today. Yeah. And so we are only called to be faithful, ultimately to preach yeah. the word. And so he, God hasn't called Dusty to be Kyle, you know, or right. Matt or Adrian Rogers or anybody. He's called you to be Dusty. Yep. Same thing with Kyle and, and yep. myself. He's only called us to be faithful, to yeah. preach the word. And that goes on with great patience, yeah. you know, and, and that's the tough part is yeah. the patience part. <laughs> yeah. We want it, you know, you, you've got six people, you're ready to have 50. Oh, I mean, yeah. you, you want the roof fixed and all this kind of, and you, that's going to be hard to do with, with six people. So we're taking donations now. We, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Go fund me in the, uh, in the link. But, uh, but, but, you know, we, we don't have that patience often. But God just wants us to be faithful right. with that long and steady faithfulness to yeah. preach the word. And and that goes back to, you know, when we had Andrew Peterson on the on the show, he, he quoted um, Eugene Peterson. N- uh, not related, right? But, <laughs> but he, he, he quoted Eugene Peterson Let's saying say basically that Christian <laughs> discipleship is a long obedience in the same yeah. direction. Yeah. Right? And, man, I, I mean, <clears throat> that episode with Andrew Peterson is one of the most encouraging I think episodes that we've had to date and his book adorning the dark is I think a must read for um, preachers even though it's not dealing primarily with preaching it's the whole idea of, of how you um, how you create something right yeah. so how you create a sermon and and work through that frustration process yeah. um, and and how you're faithful to do that week in and week out so that means on the on the Sunday mornings where you're just like man I can't wait to, to preach this text and and those Sunday mornings where you're like, I have no clue what I'm going to say. Can I call in sick? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, Matt, it's eleven. It, yeah. it's, it's 10.55. You cannot call in sick. Yeah. No. <laughs> the, well, I mean, that's the thing you got to deal with too, right? I mean, we see the same thing with evangelism, right? We we don't tell anybody, you know, the first time you evangelize somebody and it didn't go well, then give up. Yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> we, 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 we teach the same thing, and it should be no different from the pulpit from when we're dealing with Scripture and trying to teach yeah. in, in service itself. Uh, you know, I mean... I, I have a really close friend of mine that's in Pennsylvania now that we've known each other for 14 years and, and he was very argumentative and, and atheistic about his belief system and we, we would argue until 4 o'clock in the morning and uh, you know I, I just in evangelism I never gave up and 14 years later he gives me a call out of the blue and says hey I wanted to call you and let you know uh, I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. Wow. Yeah. You know, then he goes, "You might be disappointed because I joined a Southern Baptist church." And so we, we had a good <laughs> chuckle over that one. But yeah. um, you know, if, if we tell our people in evangelism to be faithful, to to don't give up, to yeah. to don't relent, to continue proclaiming the gospel, 
then we should listen to our own advice also in the pulpit as we're preaching the scripture to those who are faithful to be there at the service at that Cause, time. Because we might be in year three. Yeah. And yeah. It, it takes, and we still got 11 years before we really start to see fruit. And, and yeah. then that question is, are we willing to be faithful if that's what it's going to and, take? And there's there's examples in scriptures of, yeah. of this. There's example with, you know, I mentioned David Livingston related to uh, to, to Moffat. Um that, that's not uncommon. No, I mean, you look at William Carey, right? He yep. went and served for seven years in India yep. before he had his first convert. Yep. And, I mean, you know, I wonder how many times he considered giving up and, yep. and considered, man, this I'm spinning my wheels here. And, yep. and yeah, and look at look at the fruit yep. of that. Well, I, I think the other side of dealing with Scripture when you're doing this is, is you know, and I, I've talked to, I think, both of you about this a little bit. You know, just last Sunday, I felt really discouraged after service. There was no okay. reason. There was nothing horrible that happened. I just... I got in the car with my wife and looked at her and said, I can't explain it, but I just feel just I feel done. Yep. I, just, I, just, I, I don't feel like the sermon was bad, but I just, I don't know if, I feel very, very discouraged. Yep. And so, but one thing that, that we also have to do as preachers, I don't think we can do this alone either, right? We, we should surround ourselves with, 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 you know, people that we can, you know, lean on and they can, they can pour into us. And, you know, that's where you two have been for me in this whole process. You yeah, know, Kyle is such an encourager to me. <laughs> yes. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard this whole week. It's been amazing. But, but, but the key, the, the, the key really to, to revitalizing your, your church and, and truly being a faithful expositor is using the CSB. Oh, that's it. Yes. The, and uh, I, I was going to say if, the fact that the Word of God is living and active. Well, but I mean, we can say that but the it's, CSB it's is living and active. Truly living and active. No, we're totally kidding about that. But we do love the CSB and uh, love its blend of readability and accuracy. And uh, what we wanted to do in this episode is just kind of uh, as as we're really been doing this whole couple of days here in Albuquerque is just getting together and talking shop. We thought we'd let you in on, on one of those talks yeah. and uh, because we've been talking through pastoring and, and, uh, and faithful shepherding and visiting and some of that, we, we thought we'd just talk to you about preaching. And we hope it is an encouragement to you, especially that faithfulness, just to stay faithful to the text and faithful to that long uh, plan and that long steady growth to trust God with your fruitfulness side of it. and uh, But yes, we do encourage you to check out the CS by B after CSB. the CSB, after the service uh, for a Bible that we use in our devotionals, our preaching and so forth. Yep. And uh, you can find out more at csbible.com. And, uh, but uh, we again hope this was an encouragement to you. Uh, you can find us on uh, the internet and not anotherbaptistpodcast.com. Or on Facebook under our name, Not Another Baptist Podcast. Uh, Twitter at NAB underscore podcast. Dusty, you are on Twitter, on I Twitter. believe. What is your... Uh, pastor, uh, I believe it's Pastor underscore Dusty. Or, okay. Or Pastor Dusty. Check, check both of those. I might be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't even know my phone number. So, I, you know, my, mine is easy enough. M. Hensley. Kyle says uh, C O O R S Coors Beer. No. <laughs> oh no, no, Kyle Beer. It would be my name. Yeah, yes, that's right. And, uh, but uh, but we encourage you to visit us there, and uh, we'd love to encourage you reach out to us online. Uh, but Kyle, why don't you send us out? It's yep. cold, and, and so our we fire like died. Some, so it is time to it's, it's time to wrap. It's this. time to go inside yep. and get some coffee. So that's tell right. us how Amen. we should have yep. our coffee. Well, until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare week in and week out.